0: founder of Pneumon Protocol, which is a power perpetual protocol uh, in the DeFi space built on Arbitrum. Kyle, how are you?
1: I'm great. It's uh, glad to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I I took some time to dig into your protocol and uh, it's really interesting. It's a a fascinating sort of topic for a long time around impermanent loss uh, and Uniswap and, you know, how can we make a primitive that's a solution to that? And can that primitive be used for for just trading and speculating and stuff like that? So it sounds like your guys' protocol has, you know, a really unique solution that's really interesting. Um, before we jump into that, maybe we could just jump into your background a little bit and how you found yourself in crypto and developing Numoin.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I kind of got involved uh, around 2020 summer when I was just bored at home. Uh, my internship got canceled um, and I was just reading a lot about Bitcoin at the time. And then Ethereum kind of uh, trading around through the Robinhood app they offered. like You could buy uh, Litecoin at the time and mm. Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of once I got back to school in the fall, uh, I joined the um, club, Blockchain at Michigan. Um, that's actually how I met Robert that semester. And um, they did a pretty good job of like explaining, kind of took us through a course, taught us like, the basics of uh crypto and you know at the time or still to this day ethereum is like the hub of all the innovation um that's happening so that's how i kind of got involved uh reading about that reading about the evm um i think at the end of that school year i uh me and robert did a hackathon for Celo, um where we basically uh made a fork of a an existing um DeFi protocol it was on ethereum brought it over to Celo because um but they really had a lot of growth um, at the time. Um, so, yeah, it was never really like a big jump. It just kind of uh, fell into it, I feel like.
0: Cool. And right. is your background in computer science or is it more in finance?
1: Yeah, computer science. Uh, I studied that at school. And then right after, I just have been working on this full time.
0: Yeah, fantastic. That's cool. So after graduating school, essentially, now you're working on this full time. it. Robert, um, so what what's his background? Is it also in computer science?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much exactly the same. We're the same year in school.
0: And uh, yeah. Awesome. And so did you guys kind of kick around a few ideas as you're developing a protocol? Or were you kind of laser focused on sort of this solution to one of the existing problems in DeFi, um, which we'll dig into in a second here? But was it kind of always this is the, the nature of the protocol? Or were you guys... Doing a bunch of different stuff um, in the space. No, no,
1: we definitely did pretty much every we thought of like everything that you could possibly think of and you know, definitely made like a ton of mistakes just going trying out different ideas. Um but we were always really can uh focused on like exchange design. Uh Uniswap was like the first thing that we both thought was really cool. Like yeah. even back in college, uh, just like reading about it. And V3 came out um like at the end. Of the school year that we were really like taking a deep dive on it, and it was the like biggest protocol um but yeah we have like tried and thought of like every idea so it's never uh wasn't a very straight
0: path sure sure cool so for people who are not familiar numoen the way you spell that first of all is n-u-m-o-e-n and so it's a d5 power perpetual pro- protocol it's fully collateralized it um, allows people to essentially hedge out the impermanent loss risk or the concaveness of Uniswap payouts. Maybe you could just give us a, a yeah. kind of a brief overview for anyone who's new to your protocol.
1: Yeah. So the basically principal idea is it allows you to take um, the opposite of a liquidity provider position. So take the opposite of an LP position. That you know that's like the most common thing really in DeFi is being a liquidity provider. -hmm. Um, Where you're like uh, agreeing to like buy or sell at a given price um, based on the market. And this just allows you to short that, which gives you, takes the Uniswap derivative and turns it and just like shorts it and gives you a derivative that is more um, familiar to kind of uh, that you would regularly think of as like a derivative where, you know, the price goes up, you make a ton. And if it goes down, you don't lose that much. Mm -hmm. That's really what people, uh, are looking for when they think of uh, derivatives or at least like retail traders.
0: Yeah. So, so for people who are new to Uniswap, so let's say I'm an LP in Uniswap. I lock in uh, two assets, let's say Ethereum and some stable coin. And essentially I have Uniswap works with a constant product function. So basically every time someone trades against a protocol, um, my position in the ETH versus stable coin is, is altered but it has this concave property that as ETH goes to zero, um, I take maximum losses. And as ETH goes to infinity, I don't make infinity profit. So you have sort of like this negative or short straddle-like payout. And so how do you guys at Numuin essentially inverse that relationship? What are the mechanics behind that? Yeah,
1: so I think you nailed it on stop. You're just willing to basically buy or sell at any price, which means if the price keeps going up, then you keep selling the asset that's going up. So you are losing out. People call it impermanent loss. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we're doing is, um, we have our own custom trading invariant that's a little bit more sophisticated than uh, the constant product, but it's still um, constant function, which means it doesn't have any, like no like Oracle price feed or anything, that you just have some inputs. they two balances and you assign like a power to it, which we just fixed as two. Um, but what this does is as the price goes to zero, uh, instead of having infinite ETH as you would in like Uniswap, if the price of ETH went to zero, this thing would keep buying ETH for the price uh, until there's infinity ETH. It's basically like unbounded. Mm-hmm. Um, ours is bounded. So they, if the price of ETH is, goes to zero, there's like a maximum amount of, um, ETH that will ever be in the pool. Um, so what we do in that situation is say, okay, we can use that amount of ETH as collateral, um, because as no matter what the price is, like five ETH, let's say is always worth more than this entire pool can, um, uh, ever like contain. So that's mm-hmm. like a, uh, a, a fixed, like an upper bound that can never be passed. Um, so use that as collateral, short NLP position and you get, um, an option. It's really, you can do this with any payoff, really, we um, just do it with this payoff that when you short you get our perp, because it's like a easy to use option. Um It's fungible, like, it doesn't matter if you take it at the price of 10 or at the price of 20. Uh, it's the same option. Um And it was just like the best choice, if you just wanted to offer one option and like, trying to aggregate
0: all the liquidity, uh, it just makes sense to offer that. Got it. So, your protocol's payoff, which is the, the squared payoff, that's mm-hmm. sort of hard set by you guys. You know, you guys made the decision we want to use this payoff function essentially.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, for now. But mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: exactly. Cool. And so, essentially, I guess the mechanics work that let's say I'm an LP in Uniswap and I receive Uniswap receipt tokens or LP tokens, then I can mm-hmm. go ahead and turn around and provide liquidity to your protocol by submitting my LP tokens. Uh, um, is that right? Not
1: exactly. We're we're separate. We don't touch them at all. We have our own pool basically in-house everything.
0: Okay. So how does that
1: work? So we have set up an AMM implementation that uh, instead of like referencing X times Y equals K or and you know the Uniswap with all their fee switches and concentrated liquidity. It is just our own um, and those positions are natively uh, borrowable. So you're like, like if you deposit in compound, you're um, obviously like agreeing for your money to be borrowed out by someone who's wants to borrow it. Same with us, you're uh, under the assumption that someone can borrow your liquidity at any time, if you um, deposit it. There's a difference between us and uh, like all existing, like currently
0: live AMMs, I think. So so if I'm an LP to your protocol, what am I supplying?
1: Yeah, same as Uniswap, two tokens, like weighted,
0: not 50-50, but, you know. Okay, like so that. so I'm not supplying Uniswap LP positions, I'm supplying fresh <laughs> tokens to to your regular yeah, tokens. just
1: say, oh, I want to have this much ETH, I'll fill out the amount of USDC or other way around.
0: Got it. So, okay. So if I want to be an LP to protocol, I can provide, let's say, ETH and USDC. I put Mm -hmm. it in your pool. And then as essentially a borrower or a taker against the AMM, how does that work? What what does the taker do?
1: So you, I guess, theoretically, you post, if you want a long ETH, you post ETH as collateral. Mm -hmm. You borrow the LP token. You then withdraw it immediately and sell the USDC that you just withdrew into more ETH, which is where the leverage comes from. Um, and then you post the remaining amount as, co- like, it. It it's a little bit more complicated because it does all this flash uh, nonsense and, like, that's where it touches Uniswap um, when you sell the USDC into ETH because uh, they have, they're way more liquid than us at the moment. So it makes sense to swap there for the users, um, but yeah, if that makes sense. You borrow liquidity, you instantly withdraw it, you sell it, and that's uh, where you get the leverage from. Oh. So, if you wanted to close, you have to uh, mint more liquidity, pay back your debt, and unlock the collateral. This all happens like under the audit, obviously. So you just only click one button. But
0: yeah. interesting, yeah, that, that's fantastic. And then, so as a taker, essentially, uh, my. My power perpetual token or my allocation of the underlying pool assets, there's like an implicit funding rate. So basically, as time goes by, the percentage of claims that I have just kind of decays away, which is essentially the funding cost that the LP receives. Is that right?
1: Exactly. Uh, You're just paying with your own position. So you're just uh, slowly, if the price doesn't change, it's slowly worth less and less. And that way, there's no like... You don't have to have a margin account and uh, because you, they're fungible and you can't get liquidated. So um, you're just slowly like, I guess it's like a constant liquidation where you're just slowly worth less and less and less.
0: And now the funding rate. So in options trading, for those who are listening who are new to this, essentially you're paying a premium and often that premium is quoted in implied vol. Now you guys have essentially calculated your own implied vols. As well can you maybe touch on that and maybe touch on sort of the the cost of the funding and how you guys determine that
1: yes so um it's different than like a premium if you were just like buying robin Hood, where you have to pay like a premium fixed price it's just uh, it's, more, it's more like a compound or any perp where over time you're slowly paying this funding mm-hmm. uh rate um and so this is kind of probably a shortfall of our design, you know, um, some, an area where we can improve, but right now it just uses this, uh, utilization function. So it's 50% of the liquidity is borrowed. Then it basically has a fixed curve and says, okay, uh, 50% equals 50% utilization. I don't think that's, that's definitely not it, but it's something like that. Um, and we made that curve with the assumption that like the average implied vol in, is around a hundred percent. Um, which is just, like, historically what ETH has been like. and it's, um, But, yeah, definitely not, like, optimal, but it's really simple to use, and it's, like, really safe.
0: And is that, like, average implied vol assumption or that vol assumption, uh, is that change? Is it dynamic, or is it kind of set by you guys, and is it the same across different currencies? How does that...
1: Yeah, it's just fixed 100 for all of them.
0: Got it. So now... And, yeah. If there's like some crazy altcoin versus stablecoin, maybe that ball is a little low. And if we're talking about wrap Bitcoin versus stablecoin, maybe that vol is a little high. Is that sort of the deal? Yeah.
1: yeah so it's not. There's definitely room for improvement. Mm-hmm. And like we're definitely aware and like um, looking at it and like we're, this isn't our last step. So, uh, yeah.
0: Now, one of the things us, it seems to be working out fairly really well for now. One of the things that's really interesting is with this design, there's no liquidations, but there is essentially a capped payoff. Is that right? So because there's no liquidations, the most I can earn with my Power Perpetual are essentially all the pool assets. Mm -hmm. And then... Yeah, so you can't make
1: money out of thin air. So uh, yeah, you're
0: basically capping
1: yourself. Uh, At a certain price, um, you lose the convexity of an option and you just get linear.
0: Yeah, got it. So if I'm long the power token and then my position or the underlying rallies like crazy, I essentially mm-hmm. get a 100% capture of the assets. Is that, is that yeah. a way to think so about the,
1: it? So the liquidity that you're shorting uh, becomes entirely sold into, uh, we've been using USDC, so it gets, as the price of ETH goes up, it just sells off to ETH until there's no more ETH left in the pool. Mm. Um, so then as the price keeps going up, uh you're 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 fixed you 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 can't get any more leverage
0: interesting interesting that that makes sense and so one of the other things that's really neat is like because the nature of fully funded uh decentralized people can create any sort of market so I could do some random altcoin we never heard of versus usdc and now we have some sort of like optionality on an altcoin that can't be found anywhere else is that is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's kind of uh, what we were aiming for is this uh, actually decentralized uh, part of decentralized finance where uh, we're not in control of anything. There's no like Oracle, so you don't need to, you know, even Ave can only list um, a certain amount of assets because uh, there's no Oracle for like Pepe coin and it's too risky for them because they have a pool model. But um, there's no Oracle, there's no liquidation. So we're not relying on any a party besides like arbitragers who are incentivized to make money for themselves. Mm-hmm. But even if they quit, um, there's no, it's not like anyone's really losing money. It's just not functioning how you would maybe assume, but it's not like risk of funds. So this allows us to spin up any pool. It doesn't even have to have ETH or USDC in it. It could be like an ETH wrapped um, Bitcoin pair, it could mm. be uh, like liquid staking, you know, any anything you
0: want yeah that's fascinating so to me one of the like the big secrets or the big reasons for success of uniswap was that flexibility where you could essentially (coughs) make any market for trading altcoins and now with your protocol you can essentially make any market for convexity on altcoins or an option like payout which seems which seems really cool now
1: yeah we took a lot of inspiration from them Mm. um in terms of that property of like, especially V1, they weren't, there was no, even uh, it was completely permissionless and there was no uh, admin key with V2. They introduced like the fee switch and the uh, DAO admin key. Um, but also it's just like so simple to use, especially V2, right? You just, you don't have that much choice. You just uh, supply the two assets and, um, which is, it, 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 uh, impacted a lot of our design decisions like early on.
0: Yeah. Cool. So if I'm an LP in Uniswap, the only reason I actually want to be an LP is to collect fees that essentially rewards me for that concave payout structure. Now, I'm guessing, let's say the fees were to change on Uniswap or someone would do like a cheaper fee or a more expensive fee. Theoretically, that would translate or should translate into a different sort of a funding rate for your protocol, or is that not the case? I know that right now it's manual, but with that, are yeah, those two yeah, closely linked? Yeah,
1: you, you got it. Um, so, with Uniswap, you're making the bet that the price is going to stay the same, and you uh, make money off of fees, which are basically just volume, and you lose money off of like realized volatility, so if the price moves, the price which you withdraw at is different than the price that you um, input it at, which isn't very uh, intuitive, kind of, because volume and realized volatility aren't uh, necessarily related or like, Mm -hmm. why would you, why would that be like the trade that you picked? Um, With us, you are losing money with realized volatility in the same, you know, all AMMs have that property, but you're making money on um, implied volatility, which is where the funding rate comes from. So um, how would work is if uh, the options like takers basically think that the implied volatility is too high. Uh, they don't want to pay 100% on um, a certain pair because they think it's going to be more stable. Um, they would just sell their option because they, they don't want the position anymore. It's too expensive, mm-hmm. and um, that uh, uh, moves down the utilization kind of of how much how much of the pool is, like being used um, is being like taken by borrowers, and that is where the interest rate comes from. So, um, it just like that situation would drive the interest rate down and the exact opposite would happen if options buyers are like, this is too cheap. Uh, you know there's some alpha here. I can make money if I take this option and then that would move the rate up and then hopefully that's how you find like the market rate.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So there is like this kind of dynamic mechanism based on the utilization of your pool.
1: Yeah, it's the exact same as uh, compound they came up with it. I think called the, the jump rate model. I'm pretty sure they came up with it, but it's the curve, the interest rate curve is fixed, but based on the it will change the Mm. actual value that you pay.
0: And then you guys recently launched on Arbitrum, is that right?
1: Yeah, I think um, almost two months
0: ago, a little over two months ago. Cool. And uh, why did you guys choose Arbitrum? Why was that the place um, to, to launch?
1: Yeah, that's um, where all the basically derivative volume is happening. GMX, and then there's a lot of like things that use GMX on there. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're uh, really um, gas efficient enough to use Ethereum just because of all like the uh, actions that are happening, with, like the flash, and you know you have to sell off some of your USDC into ETH and then repost that, like that that kind of stuff. But, makes it maybe a bit too, um, gas intensive to start off with like Uniswap v I think we're around the same as Uniswap V3, but obviously like they had a way bigger brand and user base than we did at the beginning. Um, so people are more willing to use it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So when I'm like buying a power token, there's kind of a bunch of transactions sort of nested in that. And so it just kind of makes sense.
1: it's, It's a, I mean, it's not, it's not horribly gas inefficient. Like, uh, it's still, you know, on Ethereum, it would be something you would notice.
0: Yeah, cool. And then you mentioned um, sort of the implied ball assumptions and stuff like that. You were kind of working on that. Where, mm-hmm. What are you guys exploring for that problem in terms of solutions?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, right now, we just have a one curve that you can borrow from, um, and that gives you the power curve. I think the ultimate solution is like something where more like a concentrated liquidity kind of situation, um, where all the ticks or like all the pools are aggregated into one. Um, and then you don't have to exactly match up like the buyers and the, or the, the lenders and the borrowers. So this person could say, oh, I want to, um, provide like full range of liquidity. And then the borrower could say, oh, I just want to borrow like this certain amount mm-hmm. and that would still work. Um, so I think that's probably a better solution. Like, um, we're not working too much on that right now because we want to just grow uh, what we have and like prove that it's uh, something that people want to use um, before like spending a bunch of time and you know making something uh, else. But that's definitely like you know we think about this uh, a time. So like ideas always pop up.
0: Cool. And I saw one of the, your kind of protocol products was around sort of liquid staking. Um, Uh Can you maybe touch on that?
1: Yeah. So at the beginning, we just offered, uh, you can just uh, borrow the, like you can just get the option or you can just provide liquidity to the protocol. Um, We try to make some more um, like specific uh, use cases, kind of strategies, not really strategies because we're not actually doing anything different. just like a front end kind Mm -hmm. of uh, You know, making it a little bit more easy for people to understand for like liquid staking. But yeah, liquid staking is special because you're assuming that in the long run, you know, Steeth is always going to go up versus ETH. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you long Steeth versus ETH, um, it'll be like you can kind of boost your returns um, that
0: way. Cool. That's awesome. Um, Well, thank you so much, Kyle. I think this is a really interesting protocol. Can you please just give kind of outline for for listeners where they can find more information, um, where they can check out your site, stuff like that?
1: Yeah, we're at uh, just newmoen.com and you M O E N that has basically links to all of our stuff. We're on Twitter, too. Just uh, at New Moen. Um, Yeah,
0: fantastic. And then last things before just kind of closing up here. Well, what do you like to do for fun outside of uh, building the protocol?
1: I guess I run a pretty good amount. Uh, that, that's basically it though. I've been heads down. Um, I think, I think we have a really good opportunity here and, um,
0: yeah, I think cool. That, like
1: all the, um, basically like 95% of DeFi, um, especially anything that's considered like portfolio management, um, can kind of be uh, captured by, by one product. And I, I think we have like a shot at, um, being that that protocol so we're working really hard
0: yeah fantastic and how big is your team now
1: it's just the two of us okay you know, we are uh trying to hopefully expand find like something that works and then really go after hard but we're able to stay like really nimble right now and um, you know obviously come out to liquid staking and then you just hop and try all these different
0: ideas uh, really fast yeah fantastic well kyle thanks again for coming on the podcast everyone who listened thank you so much and we'll see you next time